my friends, and welcome to episode 27 of Creativity Lives Here, a podcast designed to support you with tapping into your peak creative potential. I'm having another one of those beautiful days today where I just feel so tapped into my creative flow. It's been really lovely. And the cherry on top was that I got a wonderful massage midday. And just now, before I started recording this, I had a homemade diamond-shaped dark chocolate truffle, which my dad made for me for my birthday. Well, he actually gifted me Two whole boxes full of homemade truffles. Heavenly. An absolutely heavenly gift. Dad, if you're listening to this, thank you so much. Truly incredible gift. So I'm feeling really delicious and good today, my friends, and I'm grateful to share this energy with you. I love recording when I feel this way, so just really savoring every moment of this time of sharing with all of you. Today's episode is with another really special human being and creator, Savannah Jones Martin. Savannah and I actually met two years ago in New York at an immersive experience that we both participated in. And when I first met Savannah, I felt an immediate resonance with her. She's a beautiful human being who is deeply embodied in her truth and in her creativity. She's a vocalist who in the last year has been very active with producing her own beautiful music and sharing it with the world, which is amazing. In 2020, she released an album called Breath of Earth. And this year, in 2021, she released a single called Simplicity. And currently, she's in the process of producing and recording a new collection of songs that she's written. If you'd like to check out Savannah's music, which I highly recommend you do, I'll leave some links in the show notes that you can click on. On top of being an amazing vocalist and producer, Savannah is also an embodiment coach who uses somatic experiencing processes informed by the work of Peter Levine. She also teaches voice through a somatically oriented therapeutic lens, and she facilitates dance and movement events and works as a ceremonial artist where she offers songs, prayers, and space holding in meditative healing and ceremonial settings. I see Savannah as someone who very much lives in her creative truth, which is one of the reasons I felt called to have her on the show. And in today's conversation, she shares so many wisdoms and insights into the creative process I feel like this conversation really speaks for itself, so I'm not going to say much more except that I send all of you love and I wish all of you a beautiful time 
listening to this conversation with Savannah Jones Martin. Yeah, I mean, how I got to where I am today is it's just each day unfolding, you know, and um, I mean, there's a lot, there's a story I could tell you about my life, for sure. There's like people and places and things and happenings. Um, but, you know, in this moment, I'm in this cute little orange and white house on the west coast of Mexico, watching a little yellow taxi cab <laughs> drive down the street. And how I got here is, I guess, just just being alive, like just just enjoying the gift of being alive and and being present with each moment as much as I can. Um, and really, like, yeah, it's an interesting question to ask, really, because I think within the context of, like, art and creativity, it's like each moment is just this unfolding process of artwork. Like, each each step is, is a work of art and some of those works of art are like dark and gloomy and there's a lot of paint splattered everywhere and others are refined and, and simple and clear. So how I got to where I am right now is just, yeah, just being <laughs> available for the, the journey of life and um, remaining curious. I think something I've, noticed within myself it's just just like an undying curiosity like I always want to learn something new I'm always up to learn something new to try a new job to try new food to listen to new music to learn a new language and I don't really know where that comes from necessarily I think it's like an essence or something that we have within ourselves and I recognize that that's very strong in me um so, for instance, in, in reference to music, uh, like I just learned how to produce music this year and that felt really good. It's like, oh, yeah, I just learned a new thing. Um, and I'm still learning it. There's so much to learn, There's so much in sound design and music to learn and production. But uh, I kind of hope that until I, the day I die, I'm learning something new and I'm taking a course or reading books in a different language. Um, yeah. It's so hard to believe that you just learned how to produce music this past year, because mm-hmm. when I listen to your music, it sounds not only incredibly professional, but also very complex. And it definitely doesn't sound like you only just started doing this. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess... Probably when I was 22, I had a MacBook Air or something like this. And so I started like kind of beginning to work on GarageBand and just like understand what like a digital audio workspace looks like and some of the buttons and this and that. But it wasn't until this year that I actually, um, yeah, I actually started like composing on my own and then learning about mixing and yeah, just arrangement and everything. That was, that was basically all this year during lockdown really back in Canada. 
Wow. Is this something that you do just by yourself or do you also have anybody that you're collaborating with? Mm, So the final stage of production is called mastering, Mm -hmm. which is a really complex kind of technical, like, I don't really fully know what happens during mastering. (laughs) So I, so I outsource that because I just, I guess also just like the, my nature is like, I want to like create and like let it flow. And I do quite a bit of like detail work in the mixing and and composition, but then the mastering is like kind of a whole another level of detail. So um, I outsource that to a friend, Ty Clark. He goes by the artist's name of Pattaya. And um, he was really, really helpful in just kind of like sealing it all together and making it sound really, really wonderful. And he's just, yeah, an incredible artist and very knowledgeable and very well educated in in music. So that was awesome. (laughs) Yeah, very cool. Yeah, it's always good to outsource the parts that don't bring you that much joy or excitement. (laughs) Or just like, dang, I have no idea how to do that. (laughs) I'm the same with this podcast. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So so last year you came out with this beautiful album, Breath of Earth, and this year you launched the single Simplicity, mm-hmm. and you're also currently recording and producing a collect- collection of songs that you've written. Mm-hmm. And I'd just like to hear in more depth, what, what does your creative process look like beyond the, 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 the final um, editing and mastering of it? Yeah, um, it looks pretty chaotic, to be honest. I think I'm still like refining the art of production. And even more so than that, it's it's like coming to terms with some of the internal programs in my mind that seem really pr- quite deeply embedded. And, and I think it's those are like stories around productivity and like working hard and pushing myself. And I notice that sometimes I actually just get anxious about not being productive enough. And so then that like hinders me from actually being productive. (laughs) Um, And so I think a big part of creativity is like working with your inner demons and learning how, or I don't know if I want to call them demons, but like your, your shadow, your, the stuff that you don't fully understand around yourself. And, um, you know, in these inherited and learned beliefs. And I think that when it comes to creativity, it's like a whole other ball game and we can't really apply those same concepts because when we're really in a creative mode, there's, there's just like this other force that comes over us. And I guess that can also be experienced in like more of a left brain oriented task as well. But I think like when it comes to songwriting or painting, um, or cooking or dance, like there's just something that takes over. And of course there's like years and years of learning techniques so that you can rely on your craft to like be at a certain level. And then that creative force be able to come in and, and kind of take over. Um, but I think, yeah, just knowing that creativity is nonlinear and, I just really watched that, you know, when you asked about my creative process, I think I'm, I'm watching myself grow within that because <laughs> there's definitely been time where I'm like, okay, if I want to produce a track, 
like within a month or like two tracks within a month, uh, or let's say, let's say, for example, I want to produce one track within one month and I want to produce eight tracks. So that means eight months. And I try and like map it out as if time was like this linear thing. Creativity (laughs) was like this linear thing. And then, and then I get all stressed out and anxious about like not fully like adhering to my timelines and everything. And then of course, like, of course, at the end of the day, I like, I don't know, I'll get inspired and one night just stay up like all night for 12 hours and, and finish the damn thing in like one night or, you know what I mean? So yeah. It's just like, Oh, like just moving. I'm learning still how to move beyond that kind of, um, very structured mindset, uh, when it comes to what I'm creating and like just allowing myself to really enjoy it and like enjoy my life and, enjoy the moments between um and I guess I guess an extension of that shift in mindset is also to just know that like everything is your creativity and like every Mm. moment is a creation and so whether that's actually taking place like as you're singing into a microphone or just like as you're making a cup of tea like all of that is creativity um and so not to be like not to define it too rigidly, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of feel like I'm blabbering here, but I think you, you know, can sense what I mean. So my creative process right now, I feel is actually just a lot of like self curation and like curating my, my thoughts so that I can become a little bit more open and free in my creativity I really get the sense when I speak with you and also when I just get a little glimpse into your life on Instagram that you really do approach your life like it's a piece of art. Well, that's sweet to hear. And and I mean, it's funny. I think the people who are closest to me um, like a friend of mine the other day, she was like, you're like a soldier. Like you're what? so, yeah. She was like, you're so like, I mean, I'll granted she's Colombian. So like we have a very different cultural background. <laughs> okay. She's like, you're like, she's like, you're like a soldier. Like you get up in the morning you go for your run. Then your breakfast is at this time. And then you sit down at your computer and you work. And she's like, it's insane. Like I've never seen somebody, somebody be so like rigid in their, um, in their way. But I also feel that 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 like within that structure, I have a lot of play and like movement yes. and freedom. Um, and it's like that structure that kind of gives me freedom. But yeah, anyways, that's just an interesting reflection. And also, let's be honest, like Instagram is not real. Um, <laughs> I like to think I like to think of in- Instagram as like a platform for creativity as well. So if it looks like I have a creative life, then that is great (laughs) yeah I know it's definitely coming across and it's funny that you say that that you like looking at it as a platform for creativity I view it as the same I always like to think that every single little post I'm putting out there every single story is like a little piece of art that's just how I have fun with it yeah 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 when you're writing your songs do you find that the, the lyric and the music does it kind of come to you? 
do you sometimes just hear tunes playing in your in your mind's ear or what does that look mm. like for you? Mm, that's a really beautiful question. Usually there's like a hook that kind of arrives and either either it's like inspired by something that's happening in my life or it's inspired by just like being in nature, being being like open, feeling open and free. Like sometimes it's when I'm dancing or a lot of the times when I go for runs or like if I go for a hike and I'm like walking down the hill and just feeling that like rhythmic, like that sense of rhythm in my body, like oftentimes mm. songs like come to me there. And it, and there's, there's usually a melody and lyrics first for me. And then later I'll craft like what chords I like to go with that. Um, and then sometimes the chords will kind of shift the melody slightly um, when I find chords that I really like, but yeah, it's usually like lyrics and melody together that come first. And my phone is just like crammed, crammed with voice notes, like <laughs> hundreds and hundreds yeah. of voice notes and um, the good ones stick. And usually the good ones, like they come all at once, you know, like it's pretty rare mm. that I have to like go back and like write another verse or something. Like it's kind of just like a song Will, like arrive in its entirety mm. at a certain point in time yeah and there's definitely voice notes of me like sobbing like kind of just like burping out a song between <laughs> tears or like or like really breathless if I'm like I've been moving a lot like this song comes and I'm I'm like gasping for air <laughs> but, but yeah a lot of it is is when when I'm in motion in my body I find mm. And, and the instrument that you primarily work with is the piano, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, how long have you been songwriting? Probably since I could ever pick up a pencil. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like journaling and writing and songwriting has kind of just always been a pra- Like, it's just always been something that I turn to. I have journals upon journals upon journals from when I was a little girl up until now. And yeah, I used to like, as a kid, just like sing a lot. And I'd sometimes like sing on my balcony and like pretend that I was like singing to Romeo or something like singing <laughs> at the window or like at the ocean, like I'd go down to the, like if my family was at the beach or something, there's like some home videos of me as a kid, like right at the water's edge, just like singing to the ocean and um, like singing my own songs, you know, like little things I would make up. So it's just like always been there. <laughs> I take it that this past year now, though, is the first time that you've really put your work out there to the wider public. Is that accurate? Yeah, it is accurate. Um, I definitely, I guess when I was 24, I first started like taking my own songs into studios and like working with different producers and kind of trying to like, yeah, trying to produce my own music. But I always felt that working with another producer, it became something that wasn't just me anymore and it didn't feel real. And I found it really difficult to try and describe what I was hearing in my head or try and um yeah like I've just always heard 
songs in my head and I hear like all the parts. I hear the piano and the cello and the violins and the drum, mm, wow. and, you know, and, and so to try and like convey that to someone with words is really difficult. And so I knew for quite some time that I should probably just be producing myself, but I also was living life and like running a business and needing to like pay for things. And I never really had the space um, to learn production, or maybe that's just an excuse that my mind comes up with. Um, but then when quarantine happened and we were all locked down in our houses and a lot of my work kind of fluttered away, um, I just decided, I was like, okay, like, this is it. Like, here we are. And, um, I have this time now I have this space, maybe the world's about to end. So I better put something out before we all die. And, um, you know, like yeah. in those early days of COVID, I feel like nobody knew what was going to happen and mm-hmm. it was a very insular time. So yeah, I started learning production and then I, like a, a past lover had left this like foam mattress at my house and so I like, <laughs> yeah, so I just like cut it up and nailed oh it God. to yeah, I nailed it to like this little nook in my laundry room. And I was like, okay, that's as soundproofed as it's going to get. <laughs> like, let's I record love an that. album. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I w- it felt good to cut it up. <laughs> it's kind of like you alchemized that mattress. Totally. Yeah. Wow. So, I'm, I mean, what did that transition feel like for you to, to really start doing the thing? Huh. Um, felt really empowering for sure. Like I just felt like such a babe. I was like, fuck yeah, I'm a babe. I'm doing this. Like, you know? Um, yeah, it was very empowering. I felt that empowerment like in my body as I watched myself progress. Um, and then also, yeah, I would also say that it, it felt like an identity shift and it felt like the first time in my life where I could like confidently and with like certainty call myself an artist, Mm. which I think like looking at it now, I'm like, Oh man, that's kind of bullshit because we're all artists like always. But I guess there was like some hang up in me that feeling, feeling like I needed to be producing some form of art at a certain like level of professionalism, which I'm not even a professional producer at all. I'm like totally amateur, but um, yeah, there was some narrative in my mind that was really holding me me back from like identifying as that prior to having put out this album. And now that it's out, I'm like, Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like I'm an artist for sure. Yeah. It's just interesting to see that that was kind of a hang up for me. How do you find a balance between now that you're re- now that you've really dove into producing your own music? How do you find a balance between that work and then also the coaching work that you do? Mm. I don't know if I find a balance or it just is what it is. You know, <laughs> like yeah, it kind of just is right now. It's been interesting to just see how like more and more the people who I work with. Um, with embodiment coaching that they're, they're more and more interested now to also explore their own voice. And I guess having that album out, it helps people like even know that I sing and know what my voice sounds like. And so feel inspired to also explore their own, you know, 
That's beautiful. So the two kind of weave together in a way. It feels that way for sure. Yeah. In, yeah, in my uh, embodiment coaching work, I, I draw upon some of the processes of somatic experiencing, which Mm. is a form of kinesthetically integrated trauma therapy developed by Peter Levine. And so it's been cool to see how I can also use somatic experiencing processes in voice lessons. Um, Cause I've been teaching voice for a while now and it's cool to now also integrate that work um, into singing lessons and ex- exploring the voice. Yeah. Cause really as a vocalist, like, your body is your instrument, <laughs> you know. That's so true. Yeah, I've I've actually been learning about somatic experiencing myself this past year, and it's such a powerful tool. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be curious to see how it weaves in with the voice. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And it's always, yeah, it's always totally different depending on the person that you're working with, you know. Yeah. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can imagine. For for the listeners who might not know what somatic experiencing is, do you want to just share a little bit about what it looks like? I'm actually still just completing my first year of three years of study of somatic experiencing. So um, what's cool with it, with the training, is that after each module that you complete, you're kind of certified in like that level of SE which is really nice because you can integrate it into your practice. So where I'm at right now is um, somatic experiencing. My understanding of it is it's a very powerful um, tool that assists us in developing our understanding of the way in which our body is communicating to us. And so through working with a somatic experiencing practitioner, you'll often find uh, a development of like, your understanding of physical sensation and orienting towards the soma, the body to become present with what's alive in you because it's like, well, our mind can make up a billion different stories and have a lot of different narratives of whatever's going on. And, um, but ultimately like the body keeps the score and the body knows what's, what's really real for you and where, past traumas are being held and how that might be stopping us from moving forward in our lives with, um, you know, even with all the inspiration and creativity and, and discipline that we might have, um, often there can be these blocks. And so somatic experiencing is a form of, uh, it's like therapeutic method, um, that takes place through conversation. So it's similar to talk therapy, but the, the conversation is always um, orienting back into the body and um, describing physical sensations. And then what's really beautiful about it is that there's this space within the practice for kind of the unconscious or kind of this mystical part of our psyche that helps to create meaning or understanding within us. Um, There's space for that to be also heard. So a physical sensation that might represent, uh, you know, something to you that, you know, it's like the, it's like the dark matter. Like it's, it's not fully describable. It's kind of a mysterious part of ourselves that's able to connect meaning and understanding 
um, within our life story. And um, I'm sure any other SE practitioner is going to have like their own definition or probably something quite different from what I've just described, but that's my, my experience of it, my interpretation of it. But yeah, it's really rooted in uh, understanding the way in which the nervous system operates and how, like where we live within our nervous system and how to find regulation and, and be in a good place in our body. Yeah. I feel, I feel that was a wonderful explanation. (laughs) (laughs) And Uh. actually, yeah, and actually, as, as I was listening to you speak, I was thinking how you're probably a really wonderful somatic experiencing practitioner because when I observe you, I see someone who is very connected to their body themselves. Thank you. I get that a lot. And I don't, uh, yeah, I don't really know any other way, I guess. A friend of mine recently reflected to me and she was like, you're like this fish swimming in water. And everybody's like, wow, look how, look at this water. And you're like, I'm just in it. Like, I don't see it, you know? And so it's kind of funny when I get these reflections because I'm just like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> yep, <laughs> I guess so. I feel pretty connected to my body. I love my body. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, actually, one of the questions I have for you seems to be connected to this. So I'm going to ask it now. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed that the phrase, she moves me comes up a lot in your work. So Mm. would you be open to sharing about that? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually, Oh, she moves me is uh, the name of my production company as well. So I actually came up with that. Like I, I think I opened that production company like three years ago or so. Um, And, and then, and then when I was writing this album, it just, yeah, it just felt really right. And I guess it's just that sense of like, she is, is like the divine feminine force. Um, and I feel that that's really alive in me and really present with me. Um, and it's, it's kind of funny to like gender that force and call it she versus he or it or they but to me it just feels very feminine and I don't know if that's because I've like incarnated in a female form in this lifetime Mm -hmm. um but I feel it from mother earth you know when we were when I was writing that album I was living in Squamish Canada which is just north of Vancouver and um yeah we were in isolation we were in lockdown and I was producing this album and just like going for a lot of walks by myself, going down to the river, going, yeah, going for walks through the, through the woods and the mountains. And I guess that, that, that force of power and grace uh, has always felt very feminine to me, the force of nature, Pachamama, you know, mother earth. And I think that's a big part of the part of what I feel moves through me, you know, (laughs) I feel like you're also very inspired by your surroundings and I get the sense that you seek out surroundings that inspire you. Mm. Mm -hmm. But really like everything is an inspiration, you know, like, uh, like, yes, I agree with what you're saying. And also I think it's all about like the lens through which we see the world, you know, and even like, I remember feeling really inspired in Brooklyn a few years ago Mm. or 
um, yeah, even in urban centers, I, I always feel very inspired. Um, but I do like, I do like being surrounded by nature and I do like living in smaller towns. That's for sure. Do you have any specific practices that you find particularly nurture and support your creative spirit? Hmm. Um, salt water. <laughs> mm, like ocean swims? Ocean swims. But river swims are really great too, obviously. Um, yeah, I like cold water dips. I yeah. like ocean swims. I like walking barefoot as much as I can. Uh, I like wearing as little clothes as possible. I know it's like a little bit risque to admit, but I I don't know. I just always feel most at home in myself when I'm like not really wearing any clothes or wearing minimal clothes, let's say. Um, uh, what else? Dancing. Dance is like a really powerful tool for me. Mm. Being in love is a really powerful mm. tool of creativity, mm-hmm. you know? Um Having having tools at your disposal, I felt really inspired when I was living in a house. Well, my house in Canada has a piano, and just having that available, having having keys available for your fingertips, that's inspiring. I think that grief can also be very inspiring. Yeah, any kind of big and deep emotions, especially if we give ourselves permission to feel them. Mm-hmm. It's funny, this was actually the first question I was going to ask you. When I look at you, I just see someone who expresses themselves with so much openness and authenticity. And I really get the sense that you have carved a creative path that is uniquely yours and you're dedicated to honoring that no matter what. And I'm just curious was this always the case for you? <laughs> um, how do I answer this? Thank you. And no, I mean, was it always the case for me that I was following my authentic path, but everything is our authentic path, you know, like mm-hmm. even, even when we're kind of, like off course or like in an environment that we know isn't truly ours. It's like, that's part of our authentic path, you know, like that's, that's like the Valley that takes us to the peak. And I think, I think wherever we are in ourselves, that, that is authentic and true because it's happening and everything that happens is there for learning and for growth and for, you know, to fully experience the spectrum of life. And yeah, there was definitely times when I wasn't like, you know, living in Mexico as an artist and singing at at sweat lodges, like that's for sure. But uh, yeah, there were times where I was wearing a pencil skirt and working in a law firm or for the government. Um, That's also part of my story. Uh, And I think that, yeah, during those points in my life, um, I wasn't fully in recognition of my creative power and, um, I was seeking, I was seeking love. I was seeking approval. I was seeking acceptance from external factors and external beings. And 
my inner being just was like really not stoked about that. And <laughs> I, uh, during those, you know, those phases in my life, I think I experienced a lot of anxiety, I experienced a lot of depression, a lot of confusion and doubt and would use substances to make me happy. And, you know, um, yeah, I think we all, I mean, I can't say that I can't speak for all, but in my own journey, yeah, there's definitely been moments where I didn't fully embrace my creativity or my artistry. And when I look at those points in time, I'm also really grateful that they happen because they're part of, they're part of all of it, you know, and all the grief and all the dark times, um, they're part of it. <laughs> so I hope that answers your question somewhat, uh, accurately. <laughs> yeah, it's such a beautiful answer to that question. And I think there's also a really powerful reminder in there that you said that it, mm. it's all part of your path. And mm. I think it's easy for us to discount certain moments of our lives or just, you know, throw them away as mistakes that we've made, but they, mm. they're really all valuable and important. And like you said, get us to where, where we are today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think for like as much discomfort as we're able to experience, we're then able to experience a lot of grace and ease and, you know, as much darkness, there is light. And so going through really intense experiences, um, you know, they, they open up for expansion on the other side. And so, I think that's all just the, the, the artwork, the canvas of your life, you know. For anybody who's listening, who's feeling like they're, they're not on a path that is in full alignment with them, they have this inner creative spirit that wants to do something else other than what they're currently doing. What, what kind of advice would you give to that person hmm. to start making that shift? I would say reconnect with like your six-year-old self. Mm. <laughs> and that can be kind of triggering for some people, I think, but I think that's been a really strong compass in my life is really reconnecting with like what I really loved when I was six, when I was like just young and, and in love with what I loved. And like, mm. there was no other question, you know, and, and I think just reconnecting with that and like seeing, seeing life through those eyes for a moment to remember like what, what we came here for, why we're here. Yeah. I think we all hold really, really powerful gifts and it's kind of a responsibility in this lifetime to do that inner questioning of like, what is, what did I come here to do? What did I come here to, to offer? Because that's, I think, ultimately what it's really about. What did I come here to offer? It's about giving from ourselves. And um, so, yeah, if there's anyone who's feeling confused about their path, connecting with your heart and, and uh, man, this is a huge question. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like I could speak for hours. Um, 
I think that's the most accurate answer. Connect with your little self. Yeah, I I so agree with that. And I also love what you said about how the responsibility is to ask the question. Um, Mm -hmm. Because oftentimes people say the responsibility is to share your gift with the world. But I think that I feel like that can create a lot of pressure. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So I love I love the idea of beginning with just asking the question. Yeah. And I guess also just like that knowing like when we're in a sticky spot, when things feel tight and constrictive and like not in alignment, as you said, it's kind of like knowing like in order for like in order to shoot an arrow, like you need that resistance, you know, like you need Mm. the pullback before the launching forward. And Um, It's hard to remember in the times of anxiety, but I think it's like, okay, like remembering this is part of the process. Like it's not all just super sunshine all the time, Um, but it can be when we, when we shift our perspective on what's happening. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, Yes. Yeah. Uh, I really recommend this book called uh, the war of art by Stephen, what is it? Stephen Picker. Hold on. I have it here with me. Um, The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Um, That's a good one. And The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron Mm -hmm. are two really great books that I feel were very helpful for me. Um, in my early twenties and just like understanding that I'm an artist and that we're all artists. Mm. And though it took me a long time to fully claim that and like feel that that's true. Um, yeah, those are good starting point references perhaps if there's someone who's interested in doing a little inward dive. Thank you. I'm going to put those in the show notes and um, this information is also going to be in the show notes, but where can the listeners go to learn more about you and your work? Mm, yeah, I have a website. <laughs> it's called savannahjonesmartin.com. And I am on Instagram. Not so much these days, but I'm trying to get back to it. <laughs> I'm also, in, I'm enjoying taking a little break from that world. That's good. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, but yeah, my website's a good place. Um, you can get in touch with me through there. Yeah, that's about it. I, I don't have too much. <laughs> Are you ready for the quick fire round? Oh my goodness. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I forgot about that. Okay. <laughs> the best part to the end. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite creativity inspiring snack? Oh, pineapple. Ooh. <laughs> Do they have pineapples in Mexico? Oh my gosh. Galore. Oh, sounds amazing. (laughs) When is your peak creative time? In the morning, afternoon, evening, or at night? Like probably 2.37 (laughs) a.m. Yeah, sleep deprived. That's where I'm at my peak creativity. (laughs) That's, wow, I've never had anybody say that. (laughs) Very cool. Uh Very cool. And then do you go into like the wee hours of the morning or is it just an hour at that time? 
Oh, who knows? It it's all over the place. <laughs> you lose track. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Chocolate or coffee? What? That's totally unfair. Um <laughs> I'd have to say chocolate. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Any specific kind, dark or milk chocolate? I like really dark, like 98%. Mm. <laughs> I bet they have some good chocolate in Mexico too. They've got some pretty all right chocolate down here. Yeah. Okay. What kind of music stirs your creativity? Mm, anything with like a really deep, deep sub bass and um, yeah, and some sweet vocals. Final question. What does creativity mean to you? Creativity is life. Period. Period. <laughs>